You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And today, it is finally be a GM day. Little bit of roster roasting going to be going on today. I imagine it might be as much our rosters getting roasted as anyone else's, but yep. Today we are leading by example. Uh, I think that we came up with the idea of doing a regular roast my roster segment. Yep. I think we're um, definitely going to be doing this again <clears> in the future. <laughs> and I think uh, I think we're going to get like graphics made for it, like the works, right? We're going to yep. turn this into a regular thing. Um, so we're going to start. We don't, we don't want to feel like we're high and mighty here and we're rolling in and, and dunking on everyone else. So we're going to we're gonna lead off the roast my roster with uh, our own examples. With our own, our own. Mine's, I think mine's kind of boring. So I'll go first and we'll save AJ's banger uh, for a little bit later. Um, so I, I did two rosters. I did one that was incredibly boring for the record. Where I went, I went trade deadline level yeah, of big. A, like, AJ went insane. I decided, I decided, you know what, if I was going to be a GM, what would I do? And I was like, mm, I would try and get hyphy. I would, I, would, I would try and see how big I could go before the other GM was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> so I had one deal where I went and got Taylor Hall, and that was an extremely boring one, where I basically just re-signed all my dudes and got Taylor Hall and moved to Dorov. So we'll skip that one. The the more interesting one. Yes, Uro. <laughs> I think maybe even bigger than that. It is bigger. Yeah. I thought I thought so. I, I don't know fully what he's gonna be putting at me here, but I know it's way bigger than what I did. I did mostly internal stuff, honestly. I extended Gabe Landisgog, gave him Anders Lee's contract, basically. Seven by seven. Um uh, so I took care of that. I signed Burakovsky to five and a quarter. <clears throat> I didn't really sign any of our defensive RFAs. So the big, well, let's start with the small trade. The small trade is I moved Ryan Graves to LA for a late second. 
this is to make sure the abs stay interested in this year's draft. I find I find it interesting we both move grades. Yep. Yeah. Sell high, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm with you on that. If if you know what, if the trade was hey, Ian Cole gets it done, I think I probably still do it. But Graves would be the first move that I would I would go to make. Uh, it was four years at five and a quarter for Burra is what I did. I gave Nachushkin one year at one point seven five. One year. All right. He scored what like twenty six points. I forget the exact number, but uh, you underpaid him. <laughs> oh, you think I underpaid him? Yeah. <laughs> can pay him two and a quarter if you really want for a one-year deal. It doesn't matter. I have enough room that, that you can do that. So um, anyway, But the big move that I made is the move that everyone made on the Av side, which is Tyson Jost and Nikita Zadorov. P.S. <laughs> if you go through Cap Friendly and you look at the Avs thing and you see all the DNVR submissions, which great job by the way, <laughs> the uh, the people who don't know who DNVR is finding out that we do this was incredibly funny to watch in the comment section as people were like, "What's DNVR? Why are there a billion of these things today?" <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. But yeah. if you go and you click on the majority of those submissions, almost everybody moves Zadorov and Jost together. Yep. I would like to take credit for that. I'd like our pod because we've <laughs> talked about it so much that all of you guys were like, that's a good idea. Let's just do it. Well, that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I threw on a third round pick as well. <sighs> and I moved them to Montreal. But I did not get Max Domi. Did you get Philip to know? No. I got Tomash Tatar on the idea that he also signs a two-year extension immediately. So the Avs now have Tomash Tatar for three years. At Right now he's at 4.8 because he's a little bit retained, but roughly $6 million for the next two years. Okay. Did that why, on the t- why Tatar? Of all the top six guys that you could go out and pursue, why Tatar? Uh, I think he's someone that Montreal would be readily available to part with, readily willing to part with, without having to add too much beyond Zadorov mm-hmm. and Jost. Why do you think that is? Because uh, they don't have faith in him, and they would have to re-sign him next year. Okay. But I also think they're looking to excuse me, get a little bit younger on the forward side. They're kind of stuck in this perpetual build of where they can't find the correct pieces. Uh, they've tried Drew in at center. It didn't work. They've continually gone back and back and back. Kotkaniemi has not yet become the number one center that they need. And Tatar's a 60-point player the last two years, as well as over the course of his career, a 55-ish point guy that you can expect out of. So I think he's a legit top six player that can excel and give the Avs 20 to 25 goals every year over the next three years in a top six situation. Uh, My idea here was the Avs didn't get Taylor Hall, first of all. If Taylor Hall's on the table, forget Tatar, go out and get Taylor Hall. But if you can't get Hall, I think Tatar is an option that, is realistic 
it's not blowing up the bank and going and and trying to go all in on a Patrick Line or or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's where I I like Tatar. I think he does bring. Uh, I think it's safe. It's yeah. I think I, it's, it's min maxi. I don't think it's that min maxi. Like Tatar, if you look at it, Tatar, like who's that sixth guy right now? Is it Donskoy? Is it Comfer? Is it even Martin Kaut? Tatar's better than all those guys. I'd say pretty significantly. Definitely. I would definitely agree with you. Um, and you're not really going to miss Zadorov and Jost that much. They're very, the reason why all of us traded those guys is because they're, they're very replaceable internally. Yep. So, um, I, I think that, and what I, what I think is interesting is that you moved both Graves and Zadorov. I did. I did move both. I toyed with the idea of just ride or die with Timmons and Byram. Because, like, right now you've taken three regulars off the roster. Yep. You've added one into Tar. Yep. Added and I'm assuming that there's going to be something coming on defense? Yes. Okay. I, I really wanted to run Byram Timmons, but couldn't. So I went out and signed in UFA Brendan Dillon for 4.75 for the next three years. And... It's the reason I did it this way is because I think you're in a situation where ideally you play Bowen Byram in the in your defensive lineup. So you have mm-hmm. in no particular order McCarr, Gerard, Johnson, Byram, Dylan, and Cole. And then you work in Connor Timmons either as the six and a half D, where you kind of rotate him in with Cole as Cole gets a little bit older and transitions into more of a seventh D role. Or if you're comfortable rolling Cole, Timmons can be your first call up playing out of the AHL. Uh, we, if you're interested in Dylan, we talked about him a couple of of days ago uh, on the podcast, where he has super good underlying numbers. He's a strong defensive player, so that's a guy you can pick up and say, you know what, if we want to play this guy next to one of our young players and expect a high-quality defenseman out of him, you can get that. So. Interesting. That's what I liked. And and I I didn't move that much, as, as Jesse is, is talking about here. I made a couple of moves, but left room for Martin Kaut to be a lineup regular. Mm-hmm. Left room for one of the defensive prospects, at least, to be a lineup regular. So for the record, we don't we didn't know what each other did going into this, and we've gotten to the same place. In, okay, because in some ways, because the only thing I know about your roster is you made way more moves than I did to get to apparently here. <laughs> uh, d- well, yeah, yeah. I also have Brendan Dillon. I also have Martin Cout as a regular, and I also have Bowen Byram as a regular. Yeah, so, so there you go. I just did my deals and packages basically. And AJ went and pieced everything out, uh, apparently. But that's what I ended up with. Um, I'm left with two and a half million in cap cap space, so enough enough flexibility. Where what does your long term outlook look like? Like how much as of right now? How what are your expiring contracts next year? And what's your cap space next year? So next year, my expirings are Matt Calvert, Belmar, and Nachushkin. Which, okay. by the way, Belmar. 
probably transitioning into maybe even a 13th forward role here, depending on Bowers and O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my, and I guess O'Connor would be expiring too. No, O'Connor would be. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, and then on defense, it's Cole, and then you have to re-sign Makar and, and Timmons, basically. And okay. Grubauer as well, of course. Okay. Uh, and then your cap space? Cap space total uh, 52. So I have like 30 million, just shy of 30 million to, to get what I need to get done and signing Makar for 10 million uh, as well as, oh, that includes Landis Gog. So I take 7 million off of that. So I have about 20 million okay. to sign Makar, uh, whatever goaltender I'm looking for and fourth line replacements if I need them. Okay. So I'm down, man. I mean, I think that's a. It's bland. I think it's a little it's, bland, I, but it's... well, and I think it's. I think it's easy, and I think where it it's grounded in something that's very doable. But that, it makes you like you look at that roster and you say, "How much better is that roster?" The versus last year, how prepared is that roster for the expansion draft? And I like the answer to all. I like the answer to both of those. I think it's I think it's well prepared for the expansion draft because you're going to lose a little bit of money and then you're fine and then uh, you're but you're also in a position where you're just not that concerned so, with drop off right, for going into next season. That's kind of my take here on on this whole thing is like all right if you can't get Taylor Hall if you can't get the true prize in this off season. You already believe you're a contender. So make yourself markedly better with a guy like Tatar, if not all in on that guy. Mm-hmm. And then just re- continue to round out your roster with intelligent moves. Move out players that are no longer fitting inside the organization and move towards winning a Stanley Cup. I think it's I think it's that simple. I think that's all I got for it, but I'm I'm curious now to see how you got there, AJ. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll oh, see. do you want me to do you want me to do mine now? Yeah, let's go. I'm I'm done. Okay. People thought I was boring and that Tatar isn't good enough. That's basically my roast. Uh okay. Well, I mean, I also trade Zadorov and Jost away. Shocker. Um Zadorov, I traded to Montreal for second round and second and fourth round picks from St. Louis and Winnipeg, just because I thought it would be fun to use central division picks. Um, I I think that's probably right where I see Zadorov's value on the market is a low second, and really, I just wanted the fourth from Winnipeg just for fun. I did in my other one where I got Hall, I had. Zadorov for two seconds and you abs added a third. Okay. Trade. So a That's second right. and basically trading up 20 spots. Yeah. I, I just think uh, that's, that's, I, and I'm fine because the thing with the abs system is that it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of players right now, but you and I both know a lot of those players are graduating to pro Yep. in the next 12 months. And so they're going to badly need to replenish the amateur ranks. Yep. So they're going to need more picks. They're going to need to, they're going to, they're going to need to 
they're going to need to really do some work uh, to rebuild that farm system. Big, big part of why I wanted to move out Graves is because you get that pick value back, or at least I did. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm about to get wild, but yeah, that's what I do with Zadorov is a second and a fourth. Um, I trade up in the first round from 25 to 18 with New Jersey. Uh, I give up. I give up Colorado's first. And Tyson and Tyson Jost for 17 and then a fourth round pick, which belonged originally to Boston. You get the fourth? Yes. Okay. So you get a first and a fourth. You move up seven spots and get a fourth for Jost, essentially. Basically. Okay. And then things get weird. <laughs> who who wait, hang on, hang on. Who are you targeting at 17 to move up? Nobody. I don't keep that pick. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, originally, it was Reichel, and then I just decided F this, and I got weird. <laughs> All right. So let's get weird. Um, before I get to what I do next, my free agency. Yep. Uh, my free agency consists of signing Brendan Dillon. That's your only UFA signing? Uh, I signed Brendan Dillon four years, $4.25 million. Sure. So I gave him the extra year. I'm basically giving him I'm basically giving him the the extra year in hopes that that dissuades Seattle from taking him. That's really it. Sure. I'm giving him the fourth year because I'm like Seattle doesn't want to tie themselves to a guy that's going to go into that's going to be 33 when his contract is over. Whatever your eighth forward is is what you want them to take basically. Yeah, and that's so that's really kind of that's really it. And then I signed Eric Halla. Yeah, that's for fair. I signed Eric Halla of three years, three million. Three years. The, you got, you're believing in the bounce back, I guess. Well, and and it's UFA, like you, one and yeah, yeah. We're talking like one and two year deals and stuff. Like we're, it's UFA, man. Like if you can if you can get guys to agree to that, you've done well. But didn't we just see last year? Uh, who was the guy from Carolina? Ryan DeSingle, he ended up with like a four-year deal, didn't he? I do wonder, With there's a lot of talk of players taking those shorter-term deals so they can get another one because of this flat cap, though. Sure, but that's that's a guy betting on themselves, and Howla at 29, uh, you know, I don't I don't know that he'd be betting on himself, but he's here to replace JT Comfer anyway because I traded that dude. All right. All I right. also traded Shane Bauer, so Meeks is correct. <laughs> I I did trade about half of the organization. This is this is also correct. <laughs> so let's get let's start with who I traded. Yep, let's go. Uh, I traded Eric Johnson. Okay. JT Comfer. Yep. Ryan Graves. Okay. Um, and then I got into the prospects. I traded Shane Bowers. Okay. Alex Newhook. Oh boy. Drew Hellison. Sure. And Sampo Ranta. And then I traded the pick that I acquired from New Jersey, 17 overall, or 18. I think it's actually 18. Sure. The the, the late first for New Jersey. Yeah. Because the, they have they have 18 and 20 with Calgary in between. So it's 18th overall. Yep. So I trade 18th overall, and then I traded Colorado's 2021 20, first. And then 20. Okay. All right. So you've traded a ton of stuff. The Avs now have yeah. half of a defense. Yeah, so I have traded off of their off of their starting lineup in the playoffs. I traded EJ Comfer and Graves. Okay, 
Uh, but then I gave up high end piece in New Hook, and then a, a defender. Let me just tell you, like a defender in Drew Hellison that like we're down on. Yeah, but people around the league really like, which He's, I just don't. He still has that. He can be a defensive defenseman shine. I don't get it. Yeah, and then like Sample Ranta is like everybody loves his tools, right? And they're like, oh, we'll just see how this goes. Maybe someday he finds a toolbox. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I traded all these guys to Florida for Jonathan Uberdo and Aaron Ekblad. For Ekblad, too. Yeah. <sighs> yep. And then uh, that way, my lineup, my top so six. This is all one trade, to be yep. clear. Okay. One trade. Uh, my top six, you have Uberdo, McKinnon, and Ranton in at the top with Landy, Kadri, and Burkowski. Burkowski, I signed for three years at $4.5 million, by the way. I forgot that part. Sure. Yeah. And then my bottom six, I have um I have Nachushkin, Haula, and Kaut. Yep. With Donskoy and Kaut kind of interchangeable, however yeah. you want to move them around. And then uh Calvert Belmar with the Donskoy Kaut on the right side. Logan O'Connor's my 13th forward. Um on defense, I have Gerard and Ekblad up top with Dylan and Makar as my second pairing. Yep. And then I have Byram and Ian Cole as my third pairing with Jacob McDonald as my scratch. And Connor Timmons just kind of back there. Boy. That's so much. That's like, I don't know how you ever even like actually burrow down into the value of who won that trade. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I was looking at it and I was like, is this enough? I don't even know. This is definitely too much for just Uberdo yep. and definitely too much for just Ekblad. But they have the, the thing that I like about it is that I have the money. I have $22 million in cap space for next year so that I have the money to sign Grubauer. I have the money to sign Landeskog and Makar. I probably don't have the money to sign Nachushkin. But somebody has to get taken in the expansion draft. Whenever that happens, I'll have the sunny, I'll have the money to sign Nichushkin. Or Nichushkin's the guy that gets taken, and I don't have to worry about it. So what's your what's your future plan here for your your prospect pool? Because you basically just blew Cleaned up it out. the forward side of it. Yeah. I have I, I kept count. You kept, but Count's graduating immediately, essentially. Sure, but I kept Count, and he's got, he's still got three years on the ELC, so I'm, I'm feeling confident there. Um, I agree with Evan. It doesn't feel like enough on the high end because there's no high end defenseman. I would revisiting this. I would probably throw Timmons in there for Hellison. I think you're probably correct. Um, cause they need a defenseman of some kind, like, and the big reason that Eric Johnson goes is because I have to move some kind of money and like that money comes off their books in a couple of years and you're taking long-term off of them in Ekblad essentially. Yeah. And they've taught, I mean, they've been talking about trading Ekblad for a while now and I gave them, I gave them two first round picks. I gave them two ALCs that they can make use of very quickly in both Shane Bowers and Alex Newhook. And then whatever happens with Hellison and Ranta, okay. But they're also going to have Comfort for the next three years, Graves for however long they want, and Johnson for the next three years. So I feel like I feel like Florida's not getting nothing here. They're really it's really just New Hook needs to be a star. I so 
how would you be willing to and can you afford to retain a little bit on EJ? How much do I need to retain? Just a bit. I like I think how it, I mean I think the more money you can retain, the sweeter the deal gets for Florida here. Because I mean, I I'll take I'll take up to two million I can retain, I think comfortably. Um, and then I would probably have a problem after that because I only have a million in cap space. I mean and that's can, just the difference between having Jacob McDonald on I, the roster and not. Let's call it one point five then. Okay. I, I sure I can retain think, that. Because I think that's a the big win for Florida here is they get a bunch of young pieces, they get draft capital, and they shed money. Yeah. So the more money that you can help them with, I think you sweeten the deal a little bit because I don't even disagree with you. I think if it's on the table, if they actually are seriously looking at moving Aaron Eckblad, that's a super interesting piece for the abs because yeah. that's a guy you get and your defense is done if you're the abs. Well, and that's that was kind of my appeal is that we talked about okay, well, the top end of Colorado's defense is kind of weak, right? Like yeah. because these guys haven't developed and all that, but you throw you throw Gerard and Ekblad and then Dylan and Makar out there, and you're I feel like that top four is rock freaking solid. And yep. you give Bowen Byram time. Like if you play Byram regularly next to Cole. And then, whatever, however he develops, if he plays really well and d- demands more time, then he just takes it from Brendan Dillon. Well, yeah, it's it's super easy to... You're getting a super rock-solid all-arounder in Ekblad. Gerard, you know he's capable on both sides of the puck. You can kind of use him, especially if you're pairing him with Ekblad, however you want. If you want to mm-hmm. use his offensive ability, if you want to see him activate that side of things a little bit more, you can. McCarr's a superstar offensively already. Putting him with Dylan, at least to start, just makes sense. Super easy pairing to roll out. And then bonus of Ian Cole and Bowen Byram. I I guess the one question, I guess you play Ekblad on the PK then, right? You roll yeah. Cole, Dylan, Ekblad, and uh, I guess who's the those are Those are your three, and then pick one from there. I'd probably go with Byram. Sure. You could easily go with Gerard, though. I think they should try Gerard anyway, but you know. I I probably would have said Gerard, but if you want if they're projecting Byram as a more defensive role type guy, sure, go for from it. From a from a moral standpoint, I agree with Uro that trading EJ to Florida just feels like yeah. doing the guy dirty. It definitely feels bad, and he would have to waive his no move for that. Well, it would depend. It would depend on who's on that like he's on like a he has like a yeah. nineteen team list or something. If I was so, I mean, if I was EJ, actually, I wouldn't mind going to Florida, but I'm not EJ. Yeah, nice. I mean, look, no income tax, great weather. That's those are the two two reasons that it appeals to hockey players everywhere. Yep. And I, I hockey athletes everywhere. Tons of guys in the NFL live in Miami. Tons of guys in the NBA live in Miami. Like the pro athletes love living down there. Zadorov lives there. So let's not. Let's not pass over the other side of this deal in Jonathan Huberto. Yeah, three years at five point nine million. Uh, I'm a big fan of that over uh, paying Taylor Hall because Jonathan. Uh, jo- I think Jonathan Huberto is better. Um, at 27 years old, he's right in the heart of that prime. We've seen him. He is. He's put up big years in the last three years. He had 69 points. And obviously he went banana pants with the 92 and he had 78 points in 69 games last year. 
And playing next to Sasha Barkov is great, but playing next to Nathan McKinnon is greater. Yeah. He's, his contract is built perfectly to make an all-in push around the rest of McKinnon's contract. It, it, 5.9 million for three years, like you said, gives you the latitude to also go out and get another big piece, in this case, Aaron Ekblad. Even if you're just looking at Huberto, even if you chop this trade in half and you figure out the value to get Huberto out of Florida, yeah, it's going to cost a lot, but it can set the Avs up to... They're done with their top six, and it's lethal. And then they have cash to play with as far as the cap is concerned to go do something else and, and shore up their defense or look to move for a goaltender or anything else like that. So I think Huberto is super interesting. I think Ekblad is super interesting. I would love to get either one of them if I were the abs, but. And that's sort of my like big thing is that if you look at this, you look at these moves across three years, I signed, you know, you have Uberto signed for three years. I gave Burkowski a three-year deal. Donsko and Howla have three years left on their deals. It's all about maximizing McKinnon's window at $6.3 million, and then revisit from there. Yep. So I, I see what you're saying now where we got to the same place. Yeah. You went a little bit younger, a little bit more talented with Uberto, but I went and ultimately got Tatar for the next three years. Yeah. We did the same thing with Dylan, and then you went out and got some other pieces as well. But it it does seem like the next three years, it's win a cup or bust for the Avs a little bit. It's it's win a cup and adjust, I think, would be because you're just going to have a different reality when McKinnon doubles his salary. That's just right. a different... That's just a I'm not saying they cannot win a cup after this three-year window is over because I think they can, but they're position A1 to win it over the next three years. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, when uh, the Kings signed all their guys to big contracts. What happened? They stopped being good. Yep. The Chicago signed all their big guys um, to big contracts. What happened? Stop being good. Pittsburgh signed all their guys to big contracts. It took them like five years after they did it for them to turn around and then Brand they win back to back cups. What the hell? <laughs> but and and then Tampa Bay is like the example here where you say, hey, they they almost won it when those guys were cheap. And then when they paid Headman, when they paid Stamkos, they paid all those guys. They still went out and won it. But that's primarily because they got Braden Point, they got Anthony Sorelli. And they won it while those guys were still cheap. And even then, it took Ish. quite a bit of cap finagling. So. Yeah. And it was like right at the very beginning of Vasilevsky's monster contract. Yep. So they were they were only just in the very beginning of, of that. Like, and they're they're now locked into a lot of that team. You know, like that they're they're gonna have to trade three guys in order to keep some of the other cats. So they're, you know, like it's it's an interesting situation because we've seen cup winners in the last couple of years have done it different ways, but it, it's significantly harder. Look at everything Tampa Bay had to go through just to get the one. Look at everything Washington had to go through to get to their one. Yeah. You know, like it's it's very hard to win a Stanley Cup, even when you have crazy pants talent. You, San Jose is the great example of this. I mean, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe, two Hall of Fame players, 
bunch of other really good guys on that team, and they have, you know, I don't. I, it's not fair to say nothing to show for it, but they don't have a Stanley Cup to show for that era. Yep, it's the way it goes. Sometimes you can't. Nothing guarantees you a cup. There is no, no team in the world that has ever been built. Certainly not in the modern era of the NHL that has been guaranteed a cup. The Avs are the odds-on favorite to win, and they are plus 800. The best odds in the NHL, you get plus 800 on. That's how hard it is to win a cup. Yeah, right. So we do need Um, to take our first period break here. Does it screw your center depth? I don't think so. But it does become, after those couple of years, it becomes a question mark. And that's something there where you probably look to replenish that somewhat with your next couple of years of drafting as well. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, you don't, they don't have a first in 2020 or 2021 after this. Sure. But I have, I have second and third round picks. I have four third round picks, not saying my two C is coming from those four thirds, but that's, that's ammo for you to go do something. Right. So it, that's, that's a to be determined. That's a kick the can down the road. When Kadri's expire, uh, contract expires, we revisit the conversation. Answer that problem after they've lifted the cup. Yeah, um, like that's that's a you're gonna you can't solve you can't solve every problem. Well, you can stop worrying about all those problems when you drink a little bit of Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They have an amazing ton of beers that I've told you about, so many of them. But their newest one is their Palisade Peach Wheat. That is uh, pretty much one of the most quintessential Colorado things is, is going and getting some Palisade peaches, whether it be from Palisade itself or just any of the roadside stops that you can find when they are in season. Now you can get it in beer form as well from Breckenridge Brewery. So head on down to the farmhouse in Littleton or, of course, the DNVR bar where we have eight different types of Breck brew on tap. If you want to save $5 at the farmhouse, use code DNVR when you call for pickup at 303-803-1380. And our gaming sponsor, WGT Golf, now loved by more than 20 million people around the world. You can play with over 600 members. Actually, I think it's just about 700. I can do math because we're hitting 200 in the third clubhouse. So 700 DNVR members in our clubhouses. If you want to jump in and play, we have tournaments all the time. And of course you can play match play, stroke play closest to the hole. Just challenge anyone in the clubhouse when they're online. If you feel like it, and just want to get a quick game in second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast. We've put ours out there mine was a bit boring everyone seemed to love aj's if they even if they thought it was crazy now it's time to get into some listener submissions we are going to start off here i don't know who this is in the dnvr community but on cat friendly he put it in as kc avs 2020-21 so if that's yours congratulations I guess, because you're going to be first on our list of shared teams as I try to do a little bit of background here. There we go. We can get it all set up. So, AJ, you with me here? I'm with you. Start with the trade. 
Tyson Jost, Nikita Zodorov, and a second round pick for Max Domi. That's the biggest one. Feels, um, to me, it feels a little on the light side. The second round pick, I think, goes a long way because they just collect picks. Um, but it feels a little light because you're talking about a third pairing defenseman and a fourth line forward for Max Domi. And you got to feel like he probably has a little more and that's, value than that. This is why I ultimately settled on Tatar because I think Domi has more value and I just wasn't really willing to dip <laughs> into that first rounder pick conversation. Yeah. As I think Evan did hit this one on the head a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Sidorov is now Bozak and a second confirmed. Um, I do you th- if that second becomes a first, does that feel like good value or are the Avs overpaying all of a sudden? Um, I think that's probably too rich for my blood. You think so? Yeah, you got to think Montreal's going to want the first though. The, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. That's a really it's a really thin line, right? Yeah. It it it's it's razor thin for sure. What is that deal? It's Here, yeah, thank you. Zoom it in, yeah. Three years at five million is the yeah. contract that he got. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The reason you go get Domi is to lock him up long term as part of your top six, right? Yeah. That needs to be a five five year deal minimum, I think. Because why why sh- short change that? Like I understand like the McKinnon window and all, but that just means that you're gonna have to give that guy a raise in yeah. three years if he does if he lives up to what you want him to do and you don't want to do that. You wanna pay him now. Right. You pay him now, you lock up your top six, and this is Domi is young enough that it's the type of move where you say we're trying to win a cup now and later with this guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That he becomes like if you get Max Domi, he becomes part of your core. Yep. <clears throat> I think so. I think I think you have to treat that as such, you know. Whereas I know that I just in my thing, I just gave Burakovsky a three year deal, but that's also because I'm not a hundred percent sold that Burakovsky is going to magically have a career year every year. I want to know what his Colorado career looks like. We have a lot more of a track record on Max Domi having a, a higher level of success that I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable giving Domi the years that I'm not comfortable giving Burakovsky. I, uh, the big difference there being you're, it's a little bit more visceral with Domi as you'd be immediately giving up the assets and having to sign him. If he wants to, uh, yeah. If he wants to play center and not wing, that's fine. We've got a, there's a spot for him. You can make, not make it fit one way or another, but yeah, he just takes JT Confer's job, and that's fine because JT Confer is a little overmatched at, at center anyway. Uh, the other trades, kind of just clearing out room. Ryan Graves for a second, mm-hmm. and then Don Skoy and Francois for a third and a fourth. Honestly, really like the Ryan Graves for a second. Um, just because D- Detroit needs guys like that. They need they they can make use of a guy like Ryan Graves where they, you know, next five years is gonna be where his where Graves' NHL career comes from. See what you have. Yep. It's not a building block, but it's a solid piece that you can you can drop a more at sight or you could drop whoever 
if they draft a defenseman tomorrow, whoa, draft day. Uh, if they draft a defenseman fourth overall tomorrow, then you can drop that guy in there. You know, um, I just think Graves, uh, Grave that uh, I hadn't thought about it until we saw this, and I really, I, I love the value on that. I just think that's good. Uh, I could see them saying a second is too high because it's at the very top of the second round, and saying a third instead. I would also be fine with the third from Detroit because it's the first pick. It's essentially a second, yeah. Yeah, it's a late second. It's higher than Colorado's third round pick right now. So, you, we have been saying we would like to see them get a pick between those two. That would that would qualify. That would be fine. Yep, I agree. Uh, the value on the Chicago trade feels a little weird to me. The value on some of these other deals feels weird. Nachushkin's 1.5 feels a little bit low to me. Yeah, even I had it higher than that. Um, and well, like you consider, and I, I use this as like my benchmark for a lot because Anders Bjork got an eight, 1.8 million. And that's a guy that hasn't even established himself as an actual NHL player. Yep. So you have to feel like a guy like Nachushkin coming off the season that he did will get just a touch more than that. Whether that's, I gave him 2.5. If that's, if it's two, if it's 2.2, like whatever, like we're picking nits there, but I do think he'll get a little more than that. Um, the Zach Bogosian deal, I don't, you know, coming off of the, uh, the, the playoffs that he just had, I don't know why he would get 1.5. I don't know why he would take that on the open market. Don't Somebody's going to give him more either. than that. Those other two deals I'm fine with, though. But Lundquist and, and Taylor Hall. Money wise, uh, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, it. I'm not someone who's particularly interested in going out and getting Lundqvist just for the sake of getting an old dude. But I well, I mean, it's getting a backup. But then you're the Chicago trade is the one that feels really out of left field and off here because it's like you're giving them a cost efficient player in Franco's that's that oh. helps fill one of their biggest needs. Then you're giving them a top nine forward in Donskoy. And you're only getting a third and fourth round pick for it. And one of the fourth round pick is in 2022. You got to wait two years to use that pick. That's, I mean, right. I'm saying if you want to throw away Donskoy, throw away Donskoy, but just hang on to Francois then and don't do the whole unquest thing. Yeah. I, the, the front, the moving out to Francois so you could sign Lundquist feels extra like well it feels like determined to make a move that doesn't do anything yeah not it doesn't you can't make an argument that it makes you better because Lundquist hasn't been very good for years now which we've continued to talk about it's just like that's a big name we're hoping for like the Ray Bork bump do it for the old guy which it 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 amazes me that Avalanche faithful are still so dead set on this. It's like they've completely erased Jerome McGinley from their minds. Or, I mean, look at yeah, know, Joe, Joe Pavelski in Dallas just yeah, this year. Just failed to do it. You know, Patrick Marlowe in Pittsburgh didn't work out either. Patrick Marlowe in Toronto didn't work out. Joe Thornton couldn't even get himself traded somewhere else to be the old, to be the inspiring old guy. Like, I, this is. And as a backup goaltender, like you're hoping he doesn't play a whole lot for you. But if something happens to Grubauer, then you've put yourself right in that path. Where Henrik Lundqvist is now your starter. Right. And it's like, okay, are you comfortable with that? Like, I'm more comfortable with Francois as my starter today than I am with Henrik Lundqvist. Same. 
if I have a guy, if I have to have a guy that's going to start 17 of the next 20 uh, of the next 20 games for me, I'm choosing Francois over, over Hank. So you have the starting lineup for him here. I don't know how much time he put into this. He has Max Domi as your third center. Uh, that's, I mean, that's where I was saying I would put him if you're, if, if he wants to play center, yeah. the, the, I mean, comfort Domi and Cout feels like a really good combination to me. I'm, you have obviously fun. Taylor Hall in your top six. Your forward depth is is pretty incredible. Um, but you're feeling good about it, yeah. You run into on the back end. He has Byram in the lineup. Timmons is a seventh D. The big problem here is you've underpaid Bogosian. You have underpaid um, who? Am I the Chushkin. The Chushkin. Thank you. Uh, and you're less than 400k from the cap here. Yeah. So you. Don't What's that long-term outlook look like? The long-term outlook into next year. How much money is there in available? Fifty-seven million being spent, so projected twenty-three million cap. And you have no goaltender signed, no Landeskog, no Makar, and both Cole and Bogo are are gone. And so you're not. It's not like the worst situation. Look, you can but sign your big pieces in Landeskog and Makar with that much space for sure. Definitely, definitely. You can and sign a goaltender, whether it be Grubauer or whoever, but you're probably looking at the defense might get a little dicey. Sure. Maybe at that point you can rely on both Byrams and Timmons in the lineup, mm-hmm. but at some point, right? Right. But you, even with both of them in the lineup, you kind of need a reliable sixth defenseman still. Yeah. So you'll have a money crunch next year that you'll have to figure out. And that's where you hope the expansion draft, they just lop one of those contracts off for you. You know, they 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 take a comfer off your hands and boom, there's three and a half million freed up. Yep. I think that would be a pretty ideal target for expansion. Was there any nope, there's no other notes, so we can look good. And then Wings and fans are declining in the comments no, because no. they decline everything. <laughs> By the way, cat friendly comments are quite the adventure if if you've never been to them before. They are they are fun time. All right, so that's our that's our first one. We got another one here. Let me uh, go behind the scenes and set everything up uh, so we can see what we're looking at. While he's doing all of that, I'd like to remind everybody to our please if you're in town, RSVP to the our draft show tomorrow. I'll uh, be at the DNVR bar. Um, I don't know what time we're advertising to be there, but be there four o'clock was when the bar opens. So that's a good time to go. Yep. Uh, the show will actually go live four forty-five. You can check it out on YouTube telling people that's where to go and look at it just because it's been a little more stable than Periscope lately, but either one will work. It will be live on both. Uh, and then we have a whole production planned where it's basically our first swing at producing four hours of live television. Um, Jesse Montano hosting, which is going to be really weird for me because I've gotten very used to Rudo hosting. When we, did the, the when we did the dry run yesterday, we did our walkthrough and like Jesse opened the show and my head just went then like looked at him and was like, why are you talking? This is Rudo's job. It was very weird for me, but I'm excited. Uh, Dario's going to be there. It's going to be a big thing. Um, yeah, I uh, to answer Colin's question, 
very likely look for some sort of an abs rumor piece from me either tonight or tomorrow morning as I try and I'll try and give you like a big roundup of um, things that have been going on that I've been hearing because there's a lot of stuff and it's trying to sift through the ashes of insanity and yes there is a John Gibson trade coming (laughs) we will get to John Gibson as well uh, first up, our next one comes from Wildcat84. I believe that's Brandon Davenport. I'm not 100%. I believe so. Um, let's start again. Let's start with the trades. I like to look at the trades first because they don't pick up any pieces. The trades are pretty small here. Nikita Zadorov for a second and a third. Same thing that I said about Graves applies yep. with Zadorov. Makes sense. I like it. Z. The one thing with Detroit there is Z is going to be a bit more expensive on on draft yeah. capital. A little more established, though, so yeah. a little trade-off there. Give and take, for sure. And then Ian Cole to Montreal for a second is the other one. And it's St. Louis's, so that's a late, late second. Yep. yep. And I really like, I like that because he fits something that they need. He fits something Colorado needs, but I imagine that gets solved here. This also gives them... Second round picks, uh, Detroit at the very top, and then uh, the St. Louis pick. That gives them now four picks in the top 100 instead of two. That's fun. That's good. That's how you replenish your system. I think that's a that's a good bit of work right there. Yeah. You can see it's for the next two years, four picks in the top 100. I missed the part where he buried, buried Belmar. Yeah, I did too, and I was like, that seems bad, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Let's start in-house. In-house, interesting. four and a half for four. That seems on the super low side to me. Yeah, I have him at three years and four and a half, but... Every year of UFA you're buying of that guy is not good. Yeah. So I think if you were to go four years, you probably have to get to the five mark. But I don't think we're too far off is what I'm saying here. I think that this is right in the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, not too far off. Graves, two years at one and a half. Again, maybe a little cheap, but not too much. Hold on. Allie's messaging us. Uh-oh. We got we got draft coverage happening live behind us. Uh, Val Nachushkin, a two-year, $2 million deal. Would you be comfortable with the two-year on Val? AJ, I, I know you're working, so I'll keep moving, and we'll come back to that. Okay, so, sorry about that. So identical deals for Jost and Nachushkin, both two mm-hmm. years, $2 million. Um, that's fine. You're you're fine with giving Nuke two years. I don't love it, but like if it if it doesn't work out, it's either an extraordinarily cheap buyout or you know an easy expose to Seattle, or you just keep him. Like the two million, it's it's so cheap that it the second year, no matter what happens, the second year won't be a problem. It yeah, would, I think it would take like a burning of the relationship for the second year to become really an issue. For destroy me. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've said I would prefer just the one year because I think it's important to, to dangle the carrot in front of a guy like that. But a second, I, I, the second year, you know, at the same time, you can make the argument that a little extra faith in a guy, you reward a guy for what he did. You show him a little bit of faith. You could even get more out of him, right? Like maybe he's even more motivated to prove you right. So. Yeah. I good arguments for both. I'm fine with the second year on both those guys. I'm totally fine with it on Jost and choose yeah. a little extremely bit inoffensive second year for Jost. Yeah. And I say that knowing that some people are offended. He's even going to be brought back at all. Um, Kind of weird that you yeah. 
re-sign Hunter Miska here, given what you do a little bit later on. Uh, yep. Signing Anton Forsberg down there as well. Yep. Um, I did like that I put that tweet out, and I saw several of you sign Anton Forsberg. So <laughs> those of you with the eagle eyes, I see you. I appreciate you. <laughs> so there's that. I. It doesn't make a ton of sense to bring Miska and Forsberg back, just given if you have any faith in Adam Werner. Yeah, Adam Werner, I mean, you're hoping that he at least is pushing for platoon duties down there this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I Perfect world, he's your go-to third goaltender by the end of the year. Yeah. Um. So that's a little bit weird, but obviously the big move, the one-year deal on Taylor Hall at nine and a quarter. That's Really going for it this one time. Yep. And then you add Brendan Dillon, three years, three and a half million. That's definitely cheap for him. He's going to get more than that on UFA open market. And Eric Gustafson for one year at 1.2 million. This has been kind of an odd fit, but I will I will tell you that relationships talk in the NHL and Gustafson and Gabe Landeskog are BFFs. Best buddies. Uh, Gustafson was one of his groomsmen at his wedding and they grew up together. So relationships talk. If the abs if the abs were interested in that, you know Landis Cog's going to call him and be like Gus is great. So, I love Gus. Looking at uh the lineup makeup here, the only real impact on the front side is Taylor Hall. You do have Martin Count in the lineup as well as Logan O'Connor in the 13th forward, which is what we talked about. This leaves Pierre Edward Belmar not even in the on the roster, which is awkward to say the least there's no way that belmar gets buried in favor of logan o'connor belmar would be your 13th forward anyway yeah i mean just Um, swap those guys out and and this this gets back to why so many people are coming to the conclusion of moving moving tyson jost yep as a guy who has not stuck at the center position and someone if you want to maintain your lineup and add Martin Cout and Taylor Hall or replace Taylor Hall with whoever you get in the off season. There's not enough room. So someone has to go. Yeah. You could move Belmar for pennies or there were a couple of deals that moved Matt Calvert for a fourth, which what, Yeah, but you, it you know, when like you're trying to find one forward, you're trying to find a little bit of extra money, moving Matt Calvert for a pick. I mean, bam, that's 2.85 million. that just got chopped off your books. So, yep. Plus, you know, great regular season guy. Can't rely on him in the postseason, apparently. Uh, the the defensive side, pretty straightforward with Brendan Dillon stepping in. He does play Timmons as the sixth with Gustafson as the seventh. The only major implication here is this means Byram is going back to the CHL. Which, it's it not the happen. worst thing. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's realistic. I, I, we've said We've said it a million times. The only thing he gets out of that is he gets a year older. Yeah. So it's fine. It's whatever. It he doesn't get hurt. Is. The long-term outlook is really not a big deal at all, given that yeah. you only signed Hall to the one-year deal. Yep. So, Plenty know. of room to to bring back Grubauer, uh, McCarr, Landis Cog to do, you know, to make the, the, the appropriate adjustments as you go. It's plenty of room. I think the Graves deal is probably a little on the cheap side, though. Yeah, at 1.5. Yeah, I think I think you were bringing that up just as Allie was messaging me. Yes, so. I was. I was. Yeah, um, that one point five, I think, is a little. That's a, I, I look, that's a, a handful, journeyman price. There's a handful of deals we're talking about. You know what? Dylan's probably a little bit cheap here. Graves probably a little bit cheap here. Yeah, but 
the cap space ultimately doesn't matter. The big problem here is the very next year you have a hole in your top six again. Yep. So it leaves a lot of work to be done again the following offseason. And in case anybody uh, did not read my Taylor Hall piece today, which P.S. go do that. Um, I mentioned in there UFA classes that are upcoming are not underwhelming. Good. Next year especially is stanky. <laughs> well, if you don't want stanky breath, Green Mountain Dental Group. They're down in Lakewood, and they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, as well as extreme Colorado sports fans just like everyone here. Our sales director, Lindsay, went down there a while ago to get her wisdom teeth out, and she said it was one of the best dental experiences of her life. They'll send you personal cards to make sure you're doing well after you get your checkup and to schedule your next one, everything like that. Plus, when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for doing your dental stuff, making sure you're keeping your teeth healthy. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Moving on to our next couple of uh, mock drafts. This one you'll have to bear with me here because it was not sent to us in the proper format. Shame. Um, I believe this is Jeremy's, you said, AJ? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Is this like the screenshots? Yes. Yes. Just send us the links, guys. The cat-friendly links works, I promise. <laughs> so, we have on this one Nikita Zadorov for a second and a fourth. Oh, Lord, this is a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, I forgot it's, about this. Tyson Jost and a fourth for Yanni Gord, which Tampa retains a million dollars on. A fourth and a fifth for Nikita Gusev. A second and a sixth coming in for Jonas Donskoy. So this is the part that gets me right here because the value of Nikita Gusev is a fourth and a fifth. But the value on Donskoy is a second and a sixth. That's some that's some fuzzy math right there. It's mm. <laughs> that one gets me. Yeah. The rest of this is interesting though. Franco's in a first for Kemper. Where have you heard that idea? <laughs> I like that idea. All right. And then the other goaltender gets moved out as well. Is the the interesting part of this for me is they recoup their first by moving out Grubauer and a second, and then finish things off by moving Ryan Graves for Matt Waugh a second and a third, which seems. A little expensive for Graves for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say though that if you go and you look at the uh, the underlines from Matt Wall, pretty good. It's easy to see the interest. All right. I, I'm. Uh, I think there's some some interesting value issues here, but yeah. Um, Gusev outscored Donskoy last year. Significantly or by no, some? Okay. Just a couple. But I, I still think you'd probably be pretty hard pressed to find a second for Donskoy. Yeah. I think if that was I mean if if they were just even in value, I could buy it. Yep. Because I think they're they're similarly valued players. So that leaves us 
with a roster of Gusev being the extra piece in the top six. Burakovsky got four and a half million. I don't know how many years. Then you have Gord as your three C still getting well on the books for 4 million after the the salary retained. Mm -hmm. And the defense is Matt Waugh thrown in as well as the big bomb of Alex Petrangelo getting signed for $8 million. And then of course, Darcy Kemper and and Corey Crawford. Oh, I sent you the second, uh, the second one that also has the, you did not send me anything else. This is what I got. No, I, oh. AJ AJ forgot to send me the explanations. Oh, the I see. I see what happened here. Okay, but we can deduce it live on podcasts. Yeah, no, he he wrote them out. The big free agency signings are Alex Petrangelo for eight million dollars. Yeah, he had an eight by eight, which obviously they can't do because the eighth yeah, year and all that. But seven, yeah. uh Burkowski was four and a half by four. Corey Crawford was two and a half by one. Uh Nichushkin was nine hundred and fifty K by one. And then my favorite part of this is that something named an Ivan Fedotov got an ELC. Ah yes. Ah yes. So a lot of deals that sound way too cheap for what they should be. And, and then Ivan Fedotov Ivan, got an ELC. Yeah. Whoever that is existing. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Whichever, yeah. Whichever dude that is. Let's see. Let's at least see yeah, if he's real. I'm curious. I'm, I don't even know how to spell it, but I'm trying. Well, I wasn't that far off. So yeah. he's in. He's 23 and he's put up decent numbers in the KHL for Tractor. And has not been signed by the Flyers who drafted him in 2015. Yeah. And he's six foot eight. And he's a giant human being. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, why don't you just believe in Adam Werner at that point? This you're... is a great idea. <laughs> I want a six foot eight goaltender. <laughs> they tried that with Schmackov already. I guess he was only six foot six, right? Whew. Yeah. Six, so, looking him up like, is this guy even real? And then it's like, oh, well, how big is he? I'm sure he's like six foot tall because that's why these guys never get drafted or and have great numbers. No, six foot eight. <laughs> that is a man. Let's see. I'm trying to find a like good picture that explains his size. You can't you can't find he can't he doesn't fit in pictures. <laughs> He's Godzilla. There's been so much Godzilla today. I know. I know. This is the best day. (laughs) I love the eve of the draft. Okay. So this is one of the few that we have submitted, or at least that AJ shared with me, that actually goes the Petrangelo route instead of Hall. Yep. I don't know how realistic of a target Petrangelo is. This is a lot of work. Like, this is a lot of remaking of a team that was pretty good because you have Gusev, you have Gord, uh, then you have Petrangelo. You remake your entire goal. I mean, Kemper and Crawford. Sure, sign me up. That sounds great. Uh, but that's a lot of work. And then you have Matt Waugh. For some reason, LA would give him up. And then. Obviously, you have the true hero of this whole story is 
giant Ivan Fedotov. <laughs> also, somehow got Morgan Klimchuk in there as well. Yeah, where the... <laughs> the hell did that come from? Everybody's got their favorites, I guess, is what we're learning today. It's true. Eddie re-signed Colin Wilson. Yeah, that was a choice. Eddie, this is why your your thing is not on the show. Mm-hmm. What I, this is, and it's still getting roasted. I'm I don't know. Show What's roasted. the worst move you saw today, just off the top of your head? Uh, of the ones that we showed, no, just in general. Or the, oh the, my dude, my brain is so fried. After looking, wrong. after looking at like seventy of these things, um, yeah, I it's it's tough to. There was there was one that traded for Connor McDavid, Jesse Puliyarvi, and a second round pick, and it was for less than what I traded, traded to Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a tough sell. Meeks, you were disqualified because that move put you fifteen million dollars over the cap. So. I didn't. I saw Meeks's name pop up, and I just didn't even read it. <laughs> I just decided that instead of doing something that I know I would I would that would require brain bleach a- after I just skipped that step entirely. Okay. Ignorance is bliss sometimes, my Moving friends. Moving on to the requested move of the day. This one comes from Four Paulo. Goes big with his Jost Zadorov move. Adds Grubauer and the next two years of firsts. To get John Gibson, as well as two seconds coming back. I have no idea why Anaheim would do this. But if they would, is it worth it, AJ? Oh, I mean, at this price? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're going to give up. You're going to give up your number one goaltender who is, what, four years older than John Gibson and only signed for one year. Uh, you're going to give up two first rounders, and then you're going to give up two roster guys that everybody is giving up because you can internally replace them. All you've really lost here is two first round picks. So, how much more do you have to pay? Do you think to even get Anaheim <laughs> to come to the table? Well, first of all, the names Jostin Zadorov don't get involved at all. <laughs> Those names look a lot more like. Byram and and New Hook, <laughs> so you know, and I would say pick one of those two. Sure. Now you can't you can't have them both, Mister Sassy Pants. But one of those is gonna go. It's yep. just John Gibson. He's he's too good, and his contract is too good. So, um, I'm good. <laughs> like, he's good. He's yeah. good. We had to have a John Gibson deal in here somewhere. Bound it. The other one may be just as interesting. So random. Jonas Donskoy and AJ Greer, a second and a third in future years for all of your Borkstrand and a fourth in 2021. So this is the old NHL GM value bar. <laughs> Put enough stuff to make the, the bars balance snap. it out. <laughs> And don't worry about what you're actually giving up. Bjorkstrand is good. He'd be a good fit in Colorado. Uh, Donskoy is really the only like piece that you care about 
a lot here that you're giving up. Uh, this is very Burakovsky esque in in how this deal is constructed. Yeah, you're getting you're getting a pure goal scorer, sniper, great shooter. You're giving up a second and a third, but you're also giving up Donskoy, who you're kind of iffy on anyway, and AJ Greer, who has absolutely no value whatsoever. Uh, and for know, some reason, they're giving you a fourth in return. Yeah, I don't quite understand the fourth in return. Yeah. Um, Bjorkstrand is pretty much a direct upgrade in Donskoy in every single way. Yeah. The funny part is, is if we continue to scroll down, there's a guy down here in the comment section who says that Bjorkstrand is as untouchable as Pierre-Luc Dubois, which I is go that far. hilarious. He's, he's scored 40 points once in his career. so But he is 25, and his that contract guy... is in his last year. So the Avs would have to pay this guy. That guy, that guy does not have a roster, but I am roasting him all the same because <laughs> un, as untouchable as PLD is hilarious. So you end up a little bit barren on the draft front here, especially when what we're yeah. talking about, those seconds probably are not coming back the Avs way. In this scenario, hey, you've got seconds and they'll probably be decently high. But even then, you're missing your first for your next two years. Yeah. Um, the big free agency moves. First of all, you paid Burkowski more than I would, which is impressive. Yeah, four years at five point nine is worst case scenario because you've given him a UFA contract with RFA term. Yep. Uh, Nachushkin super duper cheap for two years. There's no way. Not even I was willing to go that low. And then Graves seems about right for two years. Uh, Probably big, still on the low side just because defenders get paid, but yeah. Yeah, I'm two and a quarter, whatever. In the ballpark. Uh, Taylor Hall, two years at $9 million is your big UFA signing, which leads us to a roster where your top six is, yeah, Ranton, McKinnon, Bur- Burakovsky, Hall, Kadri, Bjorkstrand is your second line with Landy on the third line. You can mix and match that however you want. Feels like a lot to give up, a lot of work to do. John Gibson, though, that's legit. Yeah, you get John Gibson. I guess that's true. You essentially just add Byram to the defense, and that's it. I I don't know. I don't know. This feels like a ton of work to essentially get John Gibson. Yeah. It's just too much. Too much for me to do. And you'll notice neither AJ and I went out and got a goaltender in our BGM. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even bother with that market. That market's out of control. Bjorkstrand is as untouchable as PLD. Ah, oh, every time I read it, it's so good. And a guy likes it. Yes. <laughs> Somebody read that and was like, man, that's a good point. Uh, looking at your long-term outlook, you have... 18, 19 million in cap space next year. It's going to be tight fit. I mean, you probably can sign Landy and Makar, right? Yeah, but you've got to sign Bjork Shred too. Yeah, that's the big problem there. And then, hold on, go back, go back up real quick. Let's see here. That's one. Go back, go back up. I want to see the forwards. Oh. So your expansion forwards. Ranton and Hall, McKinnon, Burkowski, Landis Cog, Kadri, and Bjorkstrand. So Comfer's, you're hoping. So Comfer, yeah, take Comfer and then give that money to Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand, you're probably a little bit. I mean, you get Landy and McCarthy. Tight. 
17 million, you give the three and a half plus the extra million in space you have. So you're paying Bjorkstrand like four and a half. Yeah. You might be able to do it. The, uh, I would say one thing that we're getting out of this, especially when we look at the long-term outlook is that next off season is good outside of the expansion draft is going to be boring for Colorado. Yeah. They're not going to have a ton like do. the team that they build this off season is probably the team that they, they give at least two years to next off season is all right. Shore up Landis Gog and back up the dump truck for Makar. Yeah. Hey, those might even get done this off season. We don't have to worry about it. I hope so. At least Landy's I hope gets done. So you're just, yeah. I can understand why Makar won't get done. Yep. All right. So there was one that, I did not read. Um, shout out to Mike Tyler, uh, longtime listener, awesome dude. Many happy Vegas memories, but you put Big Buff in the title, and so I just didn't read yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't click on that one either. I saw that one. I was like, that's not happening. Sorry. Uh, we have one final one as we've run very long on today's show. Um, you know what? This, we're about to get into the time of year where we have nothing yeah. going on. We can get, we can get Don't as worry. long as we, we want. We will get to many, many more of these. Besides, the Broncos do like three-hour shows. That's true. They go crazy. And despite this one being the last one today, we will have more probably on Thursday. Maybe yeah. Uh, with free agency obviously coming right up. So if you're yeah, with on free agency so- on Friday, uh, we're thinking about doing this again for Thursday. Yep. Just because so many things could change between now and then, and we didn't. We wanted to do it today because we were going to do it with the draft and stuff, but. Uh, nobody, nobody picked anybody. When we did it last year, we had everybody picking at four and sixteen. This year, very few people submitted picks for twenty-five. Although the ones who did, it was a lot of JJ Paterka. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, Paterka's yeah. the man. Dario will be happy to hear that. Um, okay, final one again. Someone who sent it in incorrectly, so shame on you. Yeah, shame, but, shame. But. We have in Word document format here. Oh, we gotta we gotta zoom that in a little bit. Hang on, hang on. All right, there we go. There we go. So, taking care of the in-house RFAs, Burkowski five years at five and a quarter. I'd actually be okay with that deal. Yep. Um, Nachushkin two years at two and a half. Maybe the first person we've seen give Nachushkin the realistic dollar amount. Yep. Graves definitely a little bit on the cheap side. Two years at one point eight five. Yep. This and is where we really get cheap, though. Brody at four and a half for three years. Yeah. That, the three years is probably where that's that's on the cheaper side. Um, I think he could probably. Um, I feel like Brody could probably get a five-year deal on this market, but you never know. Yeah, you never know, but I think you're right. Especially the trend over the last couple of years is UFAs, especially ones that are coveted, get term. Yeah. And, and that's what makes this next deal so strange is that it's both short and cheap. The Demello one or the Tofoli one? Tofoli one is not that short. I mean, four four years for a guy that he's like a hot name because he had such a strong showing in Vancouver that it's almost like people have forgotten that he did nothing the last two years in LA. Yeah, LA sucked though. No, okay, but if you're supposed to be one of the best players and LA sucks, isn't that partially on you, Drew Doughty? <laughs> like it's it's funny that we excuse like 
so the, the same thing goes with Henrik Lundqvist, right? Like, yeah. oh, Henrik Lundqvist's numbers went down. Yeah, but the Rangers got bad. Well, isn't part of the Rangers being being worse is that Henrik Lundqvist was bad? I suppose. Because it I, seems like we have these conversations all the time with good players where it's like, yeah, but the team around him. I mean, we have it with Taylor Hall. So, well, he's never had a center. He's never had a center like McKinnon. But despite, you know? despite this, here's my thing. Toffoli's last deal was three years at 4.6, and I don't see him taking a discount on the dollar value. Yeah. And yeah, then, for, I mean, four and a half is like... <laughs> who has pictures of him? Who has the blackmail? Right. Uh, but and I I don't even disagree with you with the four years. Um, he is twenty eight, and four years is that awkward middle ground where yeah. if he was worried about the flat cap and he wants to get another real paid money contract, you take a two year short term deal, go get your money now, play with a good team, or. You get security and you get a long-term deal now. The middle ground yeah. just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, if you're 28, you want a six-year deal or you want a two-year deal. You yep. know? like. Yep. If you're if you're 30, you're looking at a four-year deal going, nice. Yeah. <laughs> security. <laughs> and then finally. Just make a gif of that. I hope they do. Dylan DeMello getting one and a half or two years, which has got to be on the cheap side as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dylan DeMello is going to get a bunch of offers. A guy that's tried for so long to break into a regular D rotation. Finally did. He's not going to take seventh defender money again. Yep. And he's going to get to pick a spot to go play in where if T if you sign TJ Brody and Dylan DeMello, I mean, you got some work to do. Yeah. Which, in your trades... is about to get done. You start off with Zadorov to Toronto, one for one for Andreas Janssen. I don't understand this trade at all. I, When we looked through this, your ultimate moves, I do not get this trade. I love this trade. I do not like I've it. Been, I've been quietly banging the table for Andreas Janssen for two years. And I think this deal, I think this deal is fine. They use another one of those top nine forwards that they have. They get a defender uh, that makes sense for them. That change that kind of changes their look a little bit. And the Avs get Janssen, who if, can help them. If you're going out and getting Janssen, you need to move another forward. Period. More than well, just jokes, which we'll get to. Oh, I was gonna say he does. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, I guess Toffoli and Janssen uh, together. I guess I hadn't. I hadn't really thought about the the whole picture. Um, yeah, I'm the, not the, the the problem. The problem here is Cout. It is, it's which exactly. we're about to see when we get to the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next trade: Francois and Jost, as well as a third to Vegas for Flurry, one and a half retained. That cool. makes Flurry your starter at five and a half million. Good luck. I don't know if Jost in a third is really that interesting to Vegas. And Francois? But, but well, Francois, sure. It's fine. Whatever. Backup goalie doesn't matter. Just to replace the, the roster spot. Is strictly just taking the cap off their hands enough is my question. Uh given the position they're in, I would I think so. Yeah opens them up to to make that big signing of a defenseman or something like that. Yeah, it opens them up for the Tyson Berry signing that Evan's been talking about for a year. 
And I think he's going to be right about. Oh boy. There you go. Heard it here first. And then he, he finishes off with Jericho from Evan. <laughs> finishes off with moving Cole for a 2022nd fourth. That's kind of just completing the circle of he went out and got Brody into mellow. So he needed to make D room. Um, which yeah. gives us the forward core of Burkowski, McKinnon, Rant, and top line. Kadri Landis got to Foley second line. Then Janssen, Comfort, third line. Your standard fourth line as well. I just... This defense feels shaky. The the Brody, McCarr, Gerard, Johnson, Graves, DeMello. I don't love... Any Don't. of it. Yeah. <laughs> like Brody, Brody McCarr. You're. Uh, I, I, you know, Brody plays on the right side as a lefty. Um, That's like his preferred spot. So his fit in Colorado's kind would, of suspect. Would, yeah. Well, it would be there. It would be behind McCarr and Johnson. Right. Yeah. Um, Or if Johnson wants to move over to the left, I guess I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but. Realistically, you're running McCarr as probably your top pairing guy. Yeah, I. It's a weird ask of Brody, I think, but you can get by that. Well, and he's been on the top pairing next to Giordano yeah. for a long time. But is is it can he succeed at the same level? Right when he's away from Giordano, when he, you know, McCarr and Mark Giordano are very very different they players. Their, their stuff done very so. Early. It, it would be an interesting adjustment to see how he does there. And then just Graves and DeMello as a third pairing feels You're, like a step yeah, back. Just a lot of question marks there. And what are you doing ultimately? Byram's back in the CHL, I assume. But what are you doing to work Timmons into this lineup? <clears throat> oh, and you have no cap space. Yep. 114K because you have Flurry and Grubauer as your, your tandem. And... If like say the answer is not flurry, but Grubauer gets hurt again, then it's just and there's no we can't look at the the long term outlook here, but none of these are one year deals. Yeah, this is kind of your team. Yeah, as we were just talking about, like this is your this is your ride or die for the next couple of years. You're using most of the rest of McKinnon's window uh, or McKinnon's contract window to do that. Marie Kondo in the house. This lineup does not spark joy in Evan. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, I don't even mind the Toffoli move, but none of, like, y'all called my move to go get Tatar safe. I mean, and I called it, it that. Or everyone in the chat said you could get someone better than Tatar, right? This feels like a step back from going out and getting Tatar and Dylan to me. I agree. And obviously, like, personal biases are involved in that, of right? Because we are, both yeah. really like Dylan. Yep. Um, yeah, supposedly Timmons is fine. So I'm not, I'm personally, I'm not too worried about Timmons, but. So I. If it felt too too risk averse to me, 
who went with the safer moves in in between AJ and I. I just don't know if it's I, this falls into the category of min maxing to me. That's the way I should put it. Yeah, how much when you ask those questions, how much better are you today um, than you were at the end of the season? How prepared are you for the expansion draft? Uh, and then how cup contender are you moving forward? Is the form um, better? Yes, I think it is. Is it a ton better? Is, <sighs> how much better, though? Because, like, to Foley and Janssen, okay, like, I can buy that. But Brody and DeMello on defense, and then especially Flurry and Net with Grubauer is, like, it's it's an expensive gamble. Yeah, it's a, it's a really expensive roll of the dice. Yep. You're hoping you get prime flurry, not aging flurry. Definitely. You're hoping that DeMello is consistent enough that you're not just running this back with a Zadorov type of inconsistency player. It's a lot. And with that being said, we'll have to wait and see until Friday and potentially later than that till everything shakes out. But I'm expecting some things to go down on draft day. I don't know if the abs will be involved, but I think it's going to be an interesting night tomorrow. And if we haven't already RSVP, I'm the spots are filling up surprisingly quickly if you're local. So if you want a spot at the bar, be sure to do that. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled. I believe if you're not local, the stream is going live at 445 mountain time before the draft. We should be all the draft coverage you need. You don't need to watch anybody but us. We'll have coverage of all the picks, all the breakdowns. we got a ton of awesome stuff for you. And, yeah, if stuff goes down this weekend, we'll do pods if we have to. Yeah, emergency pods are always on the table. Yeah, when it's when it's this time of year, they make a big deal on a Saturday night. One, I'm going to break something, but two, we'll do what we have to do. The only day that you won't get number. No, even, you know, you'll get a pod next Tuesday. Don't worry. You'll get your pod. But my wife is getting her PhD that day. So, oh my gosh, dude, we have to have a party for her. I'm saying, I'm dude, saying, we should, seriously, we should have something. We should set something up at the, at the bar. Oh, she would not go to a bar. Oh, right. We'll have so, to do that when the world comes back yeah, to normal. Exactly. But that's a tough. <laughs> have a huge party for like nine different accomplishments. <laughs> just a bunch every, of different people every, celebrating every, all of their stuff. I'm so down for that. That sounds on like an hour's worth of toasts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> they just keep going one after the other. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, it's funny. I don't know what to call the end of this show. Would you? Would you say those were butchered, or were they well groomed? AJ. Well, I, I felt like we were nice today. There wasn't a lot of roasting. I think we're going to save the roasting for the actual Roast My Roster segments on Free Skate Fridays. There you go. We'll save our hardcore roasting. Yeah, and which that. we will dunk on people. So you you can wait for that one. Today, you got away with it. Today, we were well-groomed. Today, our rosters were manscaped, AJ. Nice. So if you want to keep your roster manscaped as well and Head looking on. like an ivan fedotov <laughs> six foot eight not quite six foot eight it, it, that's wrong measurement distances there anyway manscaped.com Head on over there. Get 20% off when you use code dnvr20. You get their perfect package. You can get whatever you need. Breath mints, you name it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, please support uh, all of our sponsors. We love them very much, and we cannot exist without them. So supporting them is supporting us, and I really do hope we will see all of your amazing faces tomorrow evening for the draft coverage. We put a ton of work into it. There should be a ton of awesome stuff for you guys. Um, yeah, that's it. We're out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for submitting your submissions, your being here, watching, listening, however you consume. We will be back tomorrow evening to talk draft.